Good morning, everyone. Before a brief look at the gospel, a couple of things just beforehand. I'm speaking at all of the masses this weekend in preparation for what we will take part in next weekend, which is the annual appeal for Catholic ministries. You're very familiar with this. Every year around this time, all of our parishes have an opportunity to contribute to this one great big outreach effort, which funds just a, a whole range of really beautiful charitable works throughout the Archdiocese. It funds the work of our Catholic charities and all of the different locations and services they provide uh, in the name of the Lord and, and our church around the diocese. Uh, this annual appeal also funds uh, things like vocations. It funds chaplains for our university and college campuses, chaplains for our prisons and, and hospitals. It also goes to youth ministry and some of our parishes in the city and out west that just need a little help just to do their day-to-day -day regular ministry. And uh, just lots of beautiful ways that it reaches those who are in need. And so uh, every year you've been really generous with that and I'm, I'm always just so deeply grateful for it. Remember, each parish gets a goal and as we aim toward that goal, a portion of all that is given stays with the parish in order to direct that uh, in particular directions that are close to the heart of the parish, just specific areas that we may want to give it. Uh, in addition to the big picture that we support, this year we'll support uh, the three areas that we have been focused on the last uh, many years. One is the really awesome work that they're doing up at the Basilica in Baltimore through the Source of All Hope Ministry. There is a team of young adult missionaries that lives right up in the city. They serve on the streets of Baltimore City, uh, befriending those who are homeless, the addicted, just those living in poverty, uh, bringing out to them, on the one hand, trying to get them practical help that they need uh, in, in their homelessness or in their addiction, but, but most of all, to bring out to them the love of the Lord, to be a source of hope for those who may very well feel like they have no reason to hope. One of our own young adult missionaries from St. John's, Ginger Shoemaker, has been serving up there this year. You might remember she spoke at all of our masses back in August, letting us know of the work that she was about to embark on. I know a lot of you are connected with her and get her, her emails that share the really amazing work that's happening. So we're gonna support that. A second area that we support with our own rebate is our sister parish, St. Joseph Monastery in West Baltimore. And our gifts to them in the past have helped support everything from some of their own outreach ministries to a couple of years ago, we helped make a contribution toward the cost of their new boiler for their church. So really practical things that we help them to be able to, uh, to do. And then thirdly, uh, our rebate will go uh, not far from us at all to our own families who are in need of tuition assistance with our own Catholic elementary school here at St. John. Lots of families who want to be able to have their kids receive the blessings of a Catholic education, but as tuition has gone up over the years, need some help with that. So that third area, we will also help to fund to make that possible for our own families here at St. John's. So, all of that will happen next weekend. And again, every year you all have been so generous with that, that with uh, not a whole lot of convincing on my part, 
you've heard the need and you've responded and we've always gone above the goal, which is really beautiful. So just in advance, I wanna thank you for, for your support of that. Um, this year, some of you might have uh, uh, the question, in light of the archdiocesan bankruptcy, what does that mean for our gifts? Are, are our gifts only gonna go to those ministries that, that you're talking about? And the answer is yes, it's a good question. And the answer is yes, the gifts go into a separate trust. In fact, this has been happening since 1992. The gifts go into a separate trust restricted only for this purpose. So they, they will not be used for anything other than the very ministries and the outreach that, that, that we have designated. So I want you to, to rest assured around that, that we will, uh, the diocese will be making sure that they only go to those good charitable works. So. Thank you again just in advance for that next week. Some of you maybe have already made gifts online, maybe uh, already uh, re responded to one of the mailings and just uh, sent that back, but we'll do the in-pew, the simple in-pew uh, collection next week for that, so thank you for that. Another quick thing, uh, we're, we are kicking off Catholic Schools Week this Sunday, and it's a, a real blessing to be able to celebrate the great work that the Lord is doing in our school here at St. John's. Just last week, our principal, Ms. Buckstaff, announced that after nine years of really amazing service here at St. John, she is gonna be moving on and following the Lord to, uh, to, to bigger and uh, to, to more challenging things. Um, she's an incredible principal, and um, we've been so blessed with her here, but her gifts uh, can, can have an even greater impact. So she's following the Lord, and we have now begun our search for a new principle. So two things I would ask you. First, please pray, sincerely pray, and ask the Lord to bring us the most amazing principle that we could possibly have. We have one of the best Catholic schools in the Archdiocese. It's, it's a gem. And I think I can say without, without going into pride, like we really deserve the best of the best. So pray, really, no, pray, pray that the Lord will bring us someone whose heart is passionate for Catholic education, who has a vision and a dream for all that it can be, who can build on the great things that have happened and take us even uh, to a, a greater, higher level. And also the second thing is share that opening with others. Out on our website for our parish, you'll find right at the top uh, a graphic, a block you can click through to get the whole job description and everything that's there. Please share that. I, there is someone out there that the Lord already has in mind, and it might very well be by way of you sharing that out on social media or forwarding it to someone that you know has been active in Catholic education over the years. Uh, we just really want to cast the net wide for whomever it is that the Lord has in mind. So thank you for for praying for that and helping us to get the word out over that opening as we look ahead to the coming year. Now, let me just uh, briefly look at, at the gospel with you today. Um, the thing in the gospel that's clear that Mark really wants us to notice is when Jesus teaches, he is teaching and speaking with an authority that the crowds are they're just amazed by it. You know, you have a sense of what that's like, even at the earthly level, you have had people in your life, maybe a teacher, maybe someone in the work realm, maybe just a mentor in your life, that when they spoke to you, when they taught you, they, their teaching, what they said, resonated in your heart and you knew that they, they knew what they were talking about. It wasn't just words, they weren't just like faking it until they could make it, like you knew, like this person, 
I can trust them because they know what they're talking about. That sense of authority is huge. At the earthly level, and in a moment we'll look at it at the spiritual level, praying through this gospel this week reminded me of, I've shared with you the year after I graduated from college, before I entered seminary, still discerning uh, what direction the Lord was leading me, I spent a year working as a substitute teacher in Howard County Schools and in Baltimore County Schools. And there were certain uh, sub-assignments. Uh, in the morning, a phone call would come in, and I was on the list. I could sub from anything from kindergarten up through high school because I, I needed to make some money that year, even while I was really involved in, the, in my parish in Catonsville. But there were certain assignments where the authority was easy. Like I, I remember I had a, a long-term sub at, at Owings Mills Elementary for a kindergarten class. And as long as I was taller than the kindergartners, like I, I had authority. But there was another long-term sub I did at Lansdowne Middle School. And I, I had no authority. I mean, from the day that I walked into the class, the middle schoolers knew, like, oh, this is unexpected. This is last minute. You probably haven't had time to prepare. And it was true. And they picked up on it. And I, here I am, fresh out of college. It was the worst week of my life. It was, they, oh, it was, I, I think I, I, I still have, like, trauma inside from it. And the, the thing was, they, they knew you don't, like it, it was, I can't remember what I was teaching, but it was something that was not in my own background, my, my undergrad in computer science and history. This was something different. And they knew you don't really have any authority. And so we're just going to do what we want this week. And they did. Um, so that experience, I, I appreciate what happens in the gospel because the, the crowd that's listening to the Lord, they know he really knows what he's talking about. And of course, we can say, well, yes, he does because he's God. But here's the amazing thing. He speaks to us with a knowledge of the truth because he is the truth. He speaks to us with a love because he is love. He speaks to us with authority because he's God himself. And the crowd picks up on that. His words are different than the scribes and the Pharisees. And when he speaks, the demons flee. This is the same voice of the one who declared, let there be light, and there was light. But here's the amazing thing, is that he comes with that authority, and yet, because he made us in his image and his likeness, we have freedom and we have free will. And so all of that authority that he has as God, very gently, approaches our hearts and he waits for us to open the doors of our heart to him. It's an amazing thing. He gives us the commandments and he tells us, these commands are how you love. The first three, how you love God. Commandments four through 10 teach us how to love our neighbor and he says, do this and you will live. But he doesn't make us do it. I mean, isn't that amazing that he is God with all authority behind him and yet he just presents this before us and he waits for us to say, Lord, I want that. I want to enter into life. I want every good gift and blessing. I want the fullness of your love. But he very gently waits for us to open the doors of our heart. 
the responsorial psalm today. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Why does the psalmist have to tell us that except for the case that, that we don't always open our hearts to him? We do harden them before him. Sometimes we harden our hearts to the Lord because in our pride we're like, I want and I demand to be in total control of my life. Sometimes we're afraid to let him in. We're afraid of letting go of that, that control. Uh, other times we might be fearful of, uh, we have, might have this the wrong image of who God is and think that if we let him in, he'll take advantage of us. Like there are lots of things that lie underneath why we harden our hearts. And here's what I want to leave you with. In each of our lives, there are areas where we can be very generous with the Lord and we can hear him and we can say, yes, Lord, I want that and, and here, come in. But we partition our hearts and we can have like 10 or 20 different doors into different areas of our heart and we can happily let him into 15 or 18 or 19 of them but in all of us there are particular areas where we keep the door closed it might be in, in regard to a relationship that we're in it, it might be in regard to just one particular sin that we just don't want to let go of it might be in regard to something in our life that we have enthroned as a God in our life and we just don't want to let go of that. But here's the question that we need to take back into prayer. What area of your life are you hearing the Lord speak to you with a loving authority and yet the door of your heart is hardened against him in that area? As Christians, we, we are not really allowed, uh, it doesn't work to sit on the fence and try to live a compartmentalized, a partitioned life. We, we really are made just to give the whole of our life over to him, including our marriage, our kids, our career, all of it. So what's the area where you, you're, you're asking the Lord, Lord, help me to open that part of my heart, that door of my heart to you? And I just, I just want to end by encouraging you, don't be afraid to do that. There is no one who loves you the way he loves you. There's no one who's able to bring healing to you the way that he is able to heal. There's no one who is as merciful as he is merciful. So let's pray to not be afraid to open the doors of our heart wide to welcome the Lord in and to allow him to have full reign over us with all of that loving authority that we hear about in the gospel today. Thank you.